What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to All The Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. One of us gonna get in trouble today, <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of All The Smoke. Jack, what's up with you, baby? And they ain't all in. Man, we got a uh, very special guest today, man. Big homie, most dominant player ever to ever. step on the basketball court. Man, Shaq, we appreciate you. The only person to catch me in midair. Before we, <laughs> before we do our interview, go and get the jokes out. <laughs> pan down, pan down. I got some jerkins in a even pan. Yeah, pan down. with flowers. But then he got we in Atlanta. But then he got the vestibule. He got the yeah. Crisco on his tattoos. Them tattoos jumping, boy. We in Atlanta. Out here looking like my arms. Flower before we came here. Hey man, but uh, man, thank you for your time. 2020, uh, a down year for the world. What was one thing, or positive or negative, you took from 2020? Last year was the hardest year of my life. I'm 49 years old, and I've had a couple of deaths: grandmother, father. But when my baby sister died, that hit me. And how old was she? She was 40. That really hit me because she had, she had cancer a couple of times and we beat it. So when they told me she had cancer again, I figured we're going to beat it. But then it was just too late. So I already got insomnia anyway. So that just made it times 10. And then one day I'm downstairs working out with my youngest son, Shakir. And one of my other son comes in the, in the gym and he's crying. And I'm trying to pre-figure out what, what, what he's crying. When I say crying, I'm talking about tears everywhere. So I'm like, my, my mom okay? Your mom okay? My kids okay? And then I see the, the Kobe thing. So now I'm like, it gotta be a hoax. Cause I was watching the game when Brian passed him up. Probably just somebody messing around on, on the internet. 
And then the calls just kept coming in. And then you go watch TV, and it just, it just hit. It put me in a, I should have mode. Mm -hmm. I should have spent more time with my sister. Mm -hmm. I should have reached out to young fella. I should have just called and just check on him. I should have. And, you know, things like that you can never get back. Right. Somebody did a, a picture, I hope y'all find this picture, of an old Shaq and an old Kobe. That's how I would have liked it to been. And you know how it is as, as, as basketball players. We don't always get along. Right. But if the respect is there, right. you can never be beaten. Like, y'all know him. He was, he was alpha. Y'all know me, I was alpha. We didn't always agree on things, but when it come time to compete on the court, I think the fact that we always competed with each other made us even more unstoppable. Because Matt, you know me, I'm always in the stats. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh damn, mm -hmm. you got 25 and, all, and I only got 15? There's yeah. something wrong with that picture. Mm -hmm. So we would always compete with each other and we was able to win three out of four. And we did the Laker interview and we, we we talked, we had a good time. Last time I saw him was when he announced he was gonna be playing the last game, TNT, uh, flew down, and I did what I always did, even when he was a youngster. Hey man, he should get 50 tonight. And what'd he do? Went out, went out and got 60. <laughs> that was probably the last time I, I saw him, but I shoulda reached out. I shoulda got in his DM. I just shoulda, 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 shoulda. So now I'm just trying to reach out more to people that I know, people that I love, people that I, I care about. But it, it's been a hard year. But growing up from a drill sergeant type father, you know, I don't want to use the word get over, but you try to overcome certain things and you just try to try to move on. But it's hard. Yeah. It really is hard. I got a mural of, of Kobe and my sister in the house, so I see him every day, but it's it's hard. And it just puts me in that I shoulda mode, and you should never be in I shoulda mode. So my advice to everybody out there, if you want to get something done, you want to call somebody, you want to do say it. something to somebody, do just it. do it. Doesn't matter if you have past differences, past beef. If you got respect for that person, you love them, and you just ain't talked to them for a while, yeah. did it. I mean, that's you, you good to FaceTime out the blue. Should I just yeah. be FaceTiming out the right? blue? I'm yeah. like, what's up, big bro? Yeah. It's out the blue. I, mean, I love that. And uh, I want to congratulate y'all. I really love this show. This show speaks our language. Thanks, big bro. It's actually, it's actually the first show ever that speaks our language. I like the fact that you guys don't try to brine gumble it down. So congratulations, and I hope you guys get many, many, many more awards. Appreciate it. Yeah, that. 2020 was tough, but 2021, I'm trying to do big things and, you know, prosper and just stay focused. Yeah. I mean, obviously, with the pandemic hitting, basketball's kind of changed from what we know it to the bubble last year to limited fans this year. What are your thoughts on this unique yet strange season? It's different. And I think what I have to do, what we have to do is, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but we have to stop comparing them to us. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Because all I know is greatness. Yeah. Coming from Texas, all I know is them Spurs. All I know is Magic Johnson. All I know is Magic. Being the big man, all I know is Kareem, Will, mm -hmm. Russell. All I know is greatness. So sometimes when I don't see greatness, and I say I don't see greatness, they think we're hating. 
But I thought the definition of hate was somebody that can't do it, somebody that ain't doing it. Mm -hmm. None of them guys ain't, ain't doing anything that we ain't done. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just tried to, actually, I tried to do the same thing that, that they did to us. I mean, when I first got to LA, I was putting up numbers, but we was losing the yard every year, mm -hmm. Spurs and Utah every year. Mm -hmm. So somebody hit Kareem was like, hey, man, Shaq, probably one of the best Laker big men ever. And Kareem said he ain't winning nothing mm. yet. So with him having G14 classification, right. I can't say nothing back. Mm -hmm. Can't say nothing back. Mm -hmm. So I thought because I had G14 classification, <laughs> some of the guys would take it as constructive criticism. Right. And then some of the guys, and this same thing I did with young fella. Man, you ain't that good. And he'd go up here, he'd be like, okay, watch this, right. 30. 40, 50. Mm -hmm. Pull me around. Right? So, but I guess people ain't like that no more. And then I got the call from the godmother, baby. Ease up <laughs> on these down, boys. Huh? I'm like, mmm. But this, look, this is all I know. This, this is really all I know. So when I went at Donovan, and I kind of felt sorry that I kind of hurt his feelings, but I was just testing his temperature. Right. We knew that. Yeah. So like First when I said, I hey, said. man, I don't think you got what it takes. I want him to be like, okay, old man, watch this. Show you. Yeah. But he's doing that. He's showing us now that, that, that so that's exactly what I wanted. But of course, at the end of that, oh, he taking it too far to mm -hmm. that. But what I was saying was, you can be good, but when it comes time, especially in the level. playoff time, you got to get to next, that next level. Mm -hmm. We all had to go through it. Y'all remember, I was averaging 28, 30. We get swept by the Spurs in Utah. I wasn't Don't good enough nothing, yet. Right. I wasn't good enough yet. So that's, it was a, it was a challenge to him. But I like his game. I like the, the fact that big guys are starting to emerge back up. Mm -hmm. I like Joker. Mm. Joker's a problem. And this league now, the guys that, that are at the top, besides LeBron, KD, these are guys that are similar to what y'all had to go through. Mm -hmm. Work hard to get to where y'all at. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like Steph Curry, he wasn't no talked about guy coming out of high school and college. But he's my favorite player. He's my favorite player because I've never seen nothing like that before. Mm -hmm. Closest thing to Steph I've seen was Mahmoud mm -hmm. Abdul-Rauf. Yep. Mm -hmm. So when I say Steph's my favorite player, he really is because the guy that was from here worked his way to the top and did it the right way. Mm -hmm. Didn't team up with nobody. Mm -hmm. Him and Clay, Draymond, they did it the right way. So Mahmoud's still doing it. Yeah, too. he is. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So I like, I like Joe. I like the way he's playing now. Doc got him playing like a big man. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that, you know, I always tell big guys, just because you can shoot don't mean you have to shoot. Like, no disrespect to y'all. I, I know y'all are great players, but I'm not shooting jumpers on y'all. Right. I'm going to try to back y'all down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And y'all ain't going to try to post me up. Y'all going to try to face, <laughs> ISO, go, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's just the name of the game. So a lot of times when we, we say these things, I, I guess some of the guys take it personal. But you should know, in this thing of ours, if you guys play well, everybody get paid. Yeah, everybody. So if I'm giving you answers to the test, take them. Hopefully you take them. If mm -hmm. you don't take them, I understand, but I don't, I don't, I don't want y'all to, you know, think it's hate. Like with Dwight Howard early on, people, you hating on Dwight. No, I'm telling him if he averaged twenty eight ten, it ain't nothing nobody could say to him. Right. So, but it's it's fun. I like it. You know, I like the, I like the going going back and forth. And this thing of ours, only we understand it. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember, uh, you know, they would, they had this big thing about, you know, talking trash, white guy this, white guy that. That's what we do. Yeah, it's part they of the nah, personal. Man, not at all. They ain't personal, it's all. just what we do. And, you know, only we understand that. Between them lines. When you get outsiders talking about it, it, you know, becomes a big thing. Yeah. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We discussed how Allen Iverson kind of changed the culture of basketball, you know, not only on the court, but off the court with his appearance. You said Steph Curry changed the face of basketball itself and how the game is played. And before we even got on air, you were talking about a situation with your oldest son where he had a chance to be standing in the corner when he should have dove back in the day. But now that's what the game is, and that's kind of the Steph Curry effect. Talk to the... Steph Curry is messing the game up. <laughs> I'm on the internet now. I see a bunch of little kids dribbling, shooting 100-footers. To get warm, to, to start get, the game. Like, but... He's doing something for them. He's giving them a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by giving them a chance, the other day I talked about Rudy Gobert making 200 million. People thought I was hating, but it's giving big guys that aren't David Robson, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, it's giving them a chance. If you work hard, mm-hmm. this is the bridge you can make. Mm-hmm. And that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah. Oh, you meant, no, no. I'm, no, but, I mean, I but, said, this yeah. is, I was showing, I said, you know what I'm about to say. He ain't worth it. God damn it, but gonna you, I'm going to say that, you, but you, you get what you negotiate, and that's what it is. Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't like talking about people bread. I'm glad he got it, but same thing happened to me in high school because my, my dream was to make $8 million for 10 years. That was my dream, growing up in San Antonio. So one day my father came in the house with a paper, and he hit me in the face. Pow, get your ass up. We going to the game. So we go to the Spurs game. We at the top. You should see him. He just signed 15 for three, John Conkak. Mm. And he wasn't that good. Trash. And I'm like, that's when I just, I said, he, I said, okay. 
You know, I learned in school about inflation and economics. I was like, shit, by the time I come out in 90, mm -hmm. I could probably at least get 20, <laughs> 25. Oh, so yeah. I ended up getting 40, but so, you know, it's all about, it's all about watching these guys and, you know, learning from them. But, you know, Steph, it probably is the most influential player when it comes to little people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Because yes. I see a lot of, I see a lot of little guards, like little kids. I'm going mm -hmm. to these tournament day. Little. They're doing stuff I can't even do. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's good. And back. Nobody running the lane. Everybody stopping at the three-point line. Everybody well, crazy. I mean, I three. coach AAU. Like, I coach the Twins. You know what I mean? And like I said, it's from the time they warm up, they're shooting it from, like, the out-of-bounds line instead mm -hmm. of, like, hitting layups and everything. And that's literally the effect. And the whole team shoots threes now. You know what I mean? So that's kind of just the way the game has moved. So I understand, like you said, giving little people a chance is what Steph's doing and giving them hope. But at the same time, like you said, there's a reason why Steph is so great because he makes a lot of them motherfucking shots he takes. He makes a lot. You know, I mean, other people don't make as many. And I used to hate on him early on in his career, but he ain't gonna make that. But he kept proving me wrong, that's why he's my best player. Mm. I like being proved wrong. Mm. Yeah. So my yeah. message to these young cats, when I say something, prove, prove me, me wrong. wrong. Yeah, take it as a challenge. Please prove me wrong. Because when Kareem and them was doing all that talking, I said, okay, yeah. you, you, you're right, Mr. Abdul-Jabbar. Right. I'm not winning. I understand. I appreciate it. But I will. Yeah, and I Watch called me. my father. He's like, motherfucker, he right. Yeah. You ain't doing shit. He said, you've been in L.A. four years and got swept four times in a row. Mm. You out there doing videos and rap songs and shit. You ain't, you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> so I was like, all right, you right, Sarge. And then that's when, you know, Phil Thanks. came along and, you know, we started yeah. turning around. So, well, you but, remember that you, I mean, the saying used to be you live by the three, you die by the three. Like, no teams were winning shooting a large amount of shot, uh, three point attempts like they are now, obviously, and they've changed the dynamics. So, it makes sense. Take us back to your upbringing, your family dynamic, uh, you know, military kids, so moving around. Born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. High level juvenile delinquent. Got out of there just in time. This is around the time where. People stop using their hands, maybe a chain and knife, mm -hmm. and then pistols start coming out. And your big ass definitely yeah, one of them. Yeah, exactly. So about <laughs> to fight you. By the by the grace of God, moved to Germany. Got away from that. Mm -hmm. Right. Two, three years in Germany. Now the only thing I can focus on is basketball. So I'm terrible. Six nine, cut from the freshman team, cut from the sophomore team. Again, my father comes in the house, get your ass up. We're going to go see this college coach, see if you can get a scholarship. It was Dale Brown. So I went in there and said, hey, coach, I need help. I ain't make the team, blah, 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 blah. What age are you at this point? This, this is like 13. Okay. But I'm 13, 6'9", can't play. I got mm. bad knees. I got Osgood Slaughter. Slaughter. I got the, I got the uh, a brown knee brace with mm -hmm. the hole in the, the middle. The old school joint. I'm slow as hell. I can't do anything. People are laughing at me. So Coach Brown writes me. I do everything you say. So the next year, I still didn't make the team. So I send them a letter, man, I'm gonna just join the Army. Just join the Army, they right. I'm, I'm, I can't walk and shoot gun at the same time. I can't do it. So he said, no, I'm gonna offer you a scholarship. So now we leave and I come back to Texas. And I go to a small high school in Texas. Our team is terrible. I make the team, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh shit. And I'm starting to get a little confident. And then my dad take me to see John Conkack and now everything just changed overnight for me. Mm. Everything just changed overnight, overnight for me. Being that I was a hip-hop kid and had a little rhythm, I'm not doing with Kareem. I'm not doing those guy hooks. I mm -hmm. like this magic cat. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I started working on my little handles, right? And then when I first started dunking, 
I never wanted to dunk. So junior year, I got 45 and three. I'm killing the little dudes I'm playing against. I finger rolls it. I miss. My father comes out in his fatigues. Time out. He, you know, he walks in the middle of the floor. He wasn't time coaching, out. he was just no. pop. Yeah, he just pop. Time out. <laughs> I say, yo, man, time out. Go bring your ass outside. I'm cool, then. Public enemy out. I got the flavor flat. Like, I'm, I'm cool, right? Nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. So he takes me outside. See, yo, man, fuck you know. I said, man, I'm just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm working on my little mat. Whap! Smacks me. Ain't no magic. Be Shaquille O'Neal. Mm. Well, that's when I started dunking, right? And the reason why I've always dunked so fierce because I was mad that's at him. Bad. Yeah. And I wanted to tear the rim down. But it was just regular dunks. Dunk. So then I'm going home and, you know, he making me watching college games. And I'm watching Syracuse play. Sherman Douglas throws it to Ronnie Cycling. He dunking, but he getting his legs up. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the next game, my father's there. I'm dunking and getting my legs up. So when I learned from that, people started doing that. Hell yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got something there. So that's when I just started dunking, 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 dominating, dominating, dominating. And I'm the type, I was always a jealous kid. If your name's ahead of me, I'm coming after mm-hmm. you. B.J. Tyler was ahead of me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. LeBradford Smith was LeBradford ahead of Smith, me. Yeah. yeah, they had a dude named uh, Matt something that was ahead of me. So I'm, I'm averaging 30, 40 in Texas, but nobody recognized. So mm-hmm. all these guys ahead of me, so I'm coming for them because that's what I've been doing all my life, mm-hmm. right? So I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And that's what I'm trying to teach my son now. I said, our lives is about peaks and valleys. It's only a few people that that come in and just do this. Yeah. But the rest of us, terrible high school player, high school All-American, mm-hmm. oh, now you got to go to college? Hey, they got to do like Chris Jackson and Stan. You're going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're the man in college. Oh, now you get to the pros. There's you and there's Robinson, mm-hmm. there's Akeem. So waiting on you. I like, I like being challenged. I like when people say you can't do it. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, makes us work harder. So my father was always a guy that never told me I was great because he knew that that was going to make me want to be great. And when I did accomplish something, he'd take the trophy. That's why I went so hard when, when I was winning, because I took the trophy. He didn't say good game or nothing. All right, see you later. Have fun. September coming around. Mm, Let's see if you can get another one, pussy. Mm. What? Get two. Mm. Two is good. Lakers went back to back. Then you go back to back to back. So that's why I like, you know, went so hard. And then the business of basketball kicked in and, you know, started moving around, started getting older. But, you know, I wish I could have stayed, stayed there the whole time. And Take me back a little bit, though, when you said he would, it was obviously a challenge, but at what age did it start becoming, was it ever like, damn, dad, is, he's rough on me and this is, or was it always he's, a challenge from the jump? You looked at it as a challenge, or what, did you ever look at it as like, damn? He's not my real father, but I don't, I don't right. believe in that. So he met me and my mom when he was two. So he's my real father to me. Mm-hmm. And he, he made me hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I would go outside and get bullied, and he'd be like, I come in the house, and be like, where you going? Get your ass back out there and fight. Mm-hmm. You're too big, be like, so I, you mm-hmm. know, I'd have to fight. And like he, because, you know, we're from, we're from Newark, New Jersey, the projects. So his thing was, you're too big to be soft. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a son, but I was his son. He, right. had, he had two daughters. But he was like, I'm not going to let you be soft. And he taught me football, basketball, baseball. 
And in basketball, he just kept saying these three names, Kareem, Will, Bill. And from like five, he said, I'm gonna make you the most dominant big man ever. Mm. And I can remember one time when I was 10, I had one move, fake left, go right, throw it off the backboard. So I could, we, we was beating this team like 90 to three. And the dude would come and grabs his kid. This motherfucker ain't 10. If he's 10, he gonna be the best big man ever. Like, I remember that. So, you know, my mm -hmm. dad was like, dominate, dominate. Like, he would always say, dominate, 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 dominate. So the fact that he stayed on me, and then the fact that I like to be challenged, and the fact that when you're a big guy, you can't be soft. Right. Mm -hmm. You put all that together, and then... Turned into you. And then the fact that when you move from place to place, you, you learn different things. Like Newark, it's one set of culture, one rule. Then you move to Germany. When you, bro, when I went to Texas, I ain't never seen nothing like that before. White boys was hard. Mm -hmm. Spanish cats was hard. We was hard. Like it's just, you know, like I'd, I'd have to like walk through certain hoods to get to where I'm playing. I ain't never seen nothing like that before. And again, that was the time when all this was done, they started oh, doing that. So now you gotta navigate like a certain way. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we, we like to do what we do and get in our stuff, but. I'm thinking about my mama new house. Like, I can't, I can't. You ain't got time for that. I can't do that with mm -hmm. y'all right now. Mm-hmm. They got, you know, they got all these dudes ranked ahead of me on Fort. Let, let me get there first and then we'll, we'll talk about it. But right now I can't do it, so. Right. And then, you know, most of the guys that were that were doing it, they were responsible enough to say, uh-uh, right. go that way. No, yeah, you got something else. Don't go this way Something today. else in the store Go that you. way, so. Right. Shout out to all the homies that took care of me. When did you know you can dominate on the court? I remember seeing you in high school in the state in the state in Austin state championship. I didn't know I could dominate until I heard somebody else say it. Like my father was the only one in my ear, right? But then when I'm looking in the paper and I'm not getting the validation that I want, I still don't believe it. But now you get Dick Vitale to say something. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like. For real, Dick? You think I'm the best high school player in the country? Mm -hmm. Okay, watch this. So that's when I knew I could start dominating. And then like every every level you learn. So in high school playing against little guys, it was easy. But then when I got to college, I had to go back to zero. Cause Stanley Roberts used to kill me every oh, day. He was no, no, no. He used to y'all don't understand. The stuff I was doing to people, I got that from him. Yeah. He was a sophomore year freshman year? Yes. Every day he used to back me down. Back me down, drop step, pump fake, and dunk on me. Embarrass me, legs all up, everybody mm -hmm. in the gym going crazy. I got that from him. So he would do it to me, I would try to do it to him, but we go back and forth every day. And then when he failed out, being that I was trying to go at him, I already had all that. Mm -hmm. So then when it was my turn to step up, I did that. And then when I got to the pros, same thing. You know, Robinson used to kill me. Uh, Elijah Wan, Rick Smiths, big like all these dudes used to kill me, and I had to, had to learn. I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to develop my own technique. Like I wish I could have did what Garnett and Duncan did, face up and do all. Mm -hmm. I got all that, but I ain't had time to do that. The mm -hmm. double and triple was coming, so I had to, triple, I had to boom, triple was coming. Yeah, jump sure. up, yeah. boom, throw it out, clear the lane, get it, and go quick. So, but listen, it, it was fun. I was on the mission. I was always on the mission. For a guy that who said it was terrible, I wanted to be known as one of the greatest players ever. And even though I would validate myself, I never believed it until other people validated mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you, you, you're playing in the TNT games, you hear Ernie, Steven Jackson from the corner. It's different. Like, yeah, like Matt Bond, like it's different. different. Like it's yeah. So, you know, you get, 
You get Ernie and them guys to say your name, and Dick Vitale, and Bill Rafferty, and all those guys to say your name. With then the I kiss. started believing. And I started believing it. Yeah. And then you add the money game to that. Mm. I'm trying to get that bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get that bread. Like when I like being the first pick, I think it was either Larry or Derek went before me. They got a nice thing. And I learned in college negotiation, you start high. So when I first came to Atlanta, I said, I want 80. I told my guy I want 80. He said, I can't get you 80. I can probably get you 40. Take 40. So then we were one of the first ones to sign a seven-year deal, but with the option of the three. Mm-hmm. So I said, so I'm... Keep and I know it. you gotta, so if you mm-hmm. average 21 this year, you got to go to 24. Mm-hmm. So I'm already knowing that. So then, that's when people start talking at 100 million. So that was a motivation. Being great was a motivation. And just playing and competing was a motivation. Because I ain't gonna lie, I was terrified of David Robinson and Patrick Young, my rookie year. <laughs> terrified. Because they, they, they had it all. But now when I'm in the game and you and go to the turnaround and I'm right there, I'm like, oh shit, he's human. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then don't let me block one or don't let me dunk on you. Then all that, you know, all that fear is gone. So <laughs> right. Dave Robinson, the way he ran and all them people, like I was terrified of those guys. But at some point, the student must kill the teacher to yeah. become the master. And that's all I wanted to do. Uh-huh. Let's go back to coming out of um, high school. What other colleges was recruiting you besides LSU? University of Texas, Tom Penders, North Carolina, North Carolina State, and Illinois. Mm-hmm. But I'm sort of like you and Matt. I'm a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. I had to be closer to the crib. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that and the fact that Dale Brown offered me a scholarship before I became the Shaq. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That meant a lot. Yeah. That meant a lot. Mm-hmm. That meant a lot. He saw something yeah. you didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. And they set me up at the football game too. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you how they did me. So when I first get there, there's a whole bunch of dudes. So, you know, if you want this guy, seven foot one, LSU, uh, from San Antonio to come to LSU, make some noise. So they put the spotlight on me. I turned around, nothing but. Bang. Yo, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just, man. Well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man. <laughs> The silky hair, the gray, and the blue eyes. I'm like, damn, man, I'm about to sign up right now. They was all touching. Hey, Hey, come here. Hey, Shaq. Yeah, I was like, man, yeah. (laughs) I'm signing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm signing. Yes, sir. What was, I mean, obviously, we'll get to the jump in the NBA, but what was college basketball like back then? Because it was, people weren't coming straight from high school. People were going to pay their dues in college. You had to pay your dues as dumb as you ended up being. What was that era of college basketball like? I'm glad I had experience of not being the man. Mm. Because when I went to college, I was a man. But the first day I got there, it was a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get no girls. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get in the club. I had to wait in line at the lunchroom. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who I was. So now I'm just sitting back. Good thing about me is I'm a great observer. So it was Chris Jackson, Stanley Roberts, and we had a quarterback. I forgot his name was Todd something, but them dudes were like God on campus. So I'd just sit back and watch them. And I'd be like, that's going to be me one day. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you just have to... You just have to work your way up. I didn't start my freshman year. You know, I got some PT, but I, I just learned the game. You know, I learned that the double's coming. I learned where to make the passes at. I learned how to make an impact, mm-hmm. and I learned how to put on the show. I had a bunch of dudes, four or five of my friends, my tutors. I made some T-shirts, Shack Pack. I said, y'all just sit up here. 
Every time I do something, go crazy. Go crazy, yeah. It was already starting to go crazy. Yeah, just, yeah, just, just go, go crazy. Right. Rebound, dump block, just Anything. go. So, yeah, so now you see 10 kids. Now you see 20 kids. Yeah, now you see 30 kids. So, but it was different. And then I realized that even though you're good and great, it's always somebody better. Mm-hmm. Like, I was the man in the West, but that Tim Duncan was a motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all, like, all of them, they, we all got something, so. We go up against Duke, Christian Layton to tell me a new one. Mm. And then Dick Vitale starts saying his name, my name, now I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Now I know I got work to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm jump hooking it every night. Going to the gym. Y'all going to the club now. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to get this first pick. Now, now they say right. he the first pick. Mm-hmm. Who this Alonzo do? Now y'all got me a three? Oh, hell no. So now I'm working out every day. We play Duke one more time. I, I show them who I am, then mm-hmm. we still lose, but I show them, which, you know, puts me back at the top. But look, I like being challenged. It just, I think it makes you a, a better person. And coming from where, where where we come from, and I've been on both of y'all since y'all first came in lane, we don't back down. At all. Ever. Even if we know we can't do it, we still don't back down. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes us all great. That's what I try to be, you know, instill in, in 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 these youngsters. But I think they got it too easy. It's different, yeah. yeah. It wasn't that 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 struggle and that ground we had. I remember the first time we met. Um, actually, you guys, my freshman year, UCLA with the lockout. So you and Kobe used to come to the UCLA games, and we saw you. But I remember when I worked out for the Lakers. This motherfucker comes out the back in tights. Shower shoes, no shirt, nipple rings. And oh, yeah, kind of just giving me a big old hug. I'm like, what the fuck? I like, big ass shit. I got them big ass hoop nipple rings, bro. It was a bet, America. <laughs> don't, don't think I'm freaky like that. It was like a bet. I did lose a bet. <laughs> My fuck ass. I lost a bet. Nickel. Uh, nipple ring. <laughs> so you end up being the first pick in Orlando, uh, you know, a new expansion team. What was that experience like? I learned how to become arrogant. Mm but professional arrogance. It's important. Because growing up, I never talked back to my father, high school coach or college coach. You got a pad? I got to tell you the story. Hand me that. Honey bun, why they ain't got nothing in there? It's just empty shit. So, you know, I'm, I'm nice and respectable. I'm trying to do things the right way. But D Scott in my ear, man, it's your team, man. You got to take over. Who, who said that? D. Scott. Uh-huh. D. Scott's like, hey, man, it's your team. Forget all that. We, we, it's your team. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, nah, nah, nah. So one day, Jerry Reynolds, Iceman, in the shoot-around, we playing against Dale Ellis. And Matty Gukas was like, hey, man, they're going to run the, these plays for Dale Ellis. You got to go over the screen. So the first three plays, Jerry go under the screen. Dale, boom, 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 boom. So we call a timeout. And Matty was like, God damn it, Jerry, didn't I tell you to go under the so this is the first time I seen him play a talk back. I've never seen that before. It's the first time I seen him play a talk back. Jerry Reynolds go, fuck that shit. Call some plays for me too. <laughs> and I'm wow. like, yeah. And then Maddie did it. And then D was like, see, see you. that's how you gotta be. Told so that, that, that's when I, that's when I kind of started, I kind of started serving myself. So my first power move is, <laughs> my first power move is after we lose, I'm in LA, same day. We lose on a Sunday, I'm, I'm in LA. <laughs> so I'm, I'm shooting a movie, Blue Chips, and they, I say, hey, you gotta get make me a court so I can work out. This skinny kid, this motherfucker, diming me up like magic. I don't know who he is, cause you know me, I don't be paying attention to young guy. 
So we, you know, I'm thinking he an actor. So finally I said, yo, man, who's this? They said, yo, man, that's Penny Hardaway. Mm. I said, he an actor? He said, no, nah, you, know, you know, they think he gonna be number two, number three pick. And I'm like, damn, so I got this in my head. So my first major move was when I found out we got the ball, hey, man, y'all don't get this Penny, dude. Mm. I'm gonna be looking to do something else. Mm. Just to try. First, first time I was ever arrogant, first time I ever talked back. So now we shoot the movie whenever. So the draft comes, they draft C-Web. Now I'm pissed. I'm tearing my house up, breaking mirrors, breaking trophies, and then they do it. They do the switch. I'm like, man, this guy was right. Mm -hmm. It works. Mm -hmm. So the second big move, hey, man, give me Horace. Horace Grant. I don't know if we're going to fall Horace. You don't get Horace, I'm going to be looking to do something else mm. after my deal up. So now I'm learning how to maneuver. Yeah. I'm learning how to maneuver because, mm. you know, they're saying it's your team. So we all know if it's my team and it don't go right, I'm no, getting the blame. Yep. So if I'm going to get all the blame, I'm going to make sure I'm totally in control. Mm -hmm. So that was what I learned about being a professional. Because, like, look, I'm, my father, you tell you something back to my father, you're getting touched up. Push-ups, mm -hmm. sit-ups, and them damn supermans on your elbows. And you gotta Points. sit on the wall, and you gotta sit on the wall with some dictionaries like this. And if you move, you get three paddles. Mm -hmm. So I went into like talking back, but once I figured how to do that, I was like, okay, this is how this, this works. The rest is history. Yes, it is. What was your welcome to the NBA moment? My welcome to the NBA moment is different because it's not about the game. My welcome to the NBA moment was when I first got to Orlando, I already got it in my head, I need my family with me. So my mother, she don't want to take nothing from me. So we, I'm looking at this big house and I already bought the house. So I'm looking at the big house and I'm like, you know, I told him, I said, I'm gonna get my house first and I'm gonna take care of y'all. But I was doing the opposite. So we're looking at this big house and she's like, I like it. Five bedrooms, ten dollars, it's cool. Hand her the keys and watch them tears. Mm. That's my welcome to the NBA yeah, moment. Yeah. Because, you know, riding around in Texas, I used to ride around San Antonio just looking like, damn. Looking at houses. Look how they live. Mm -hmm. And look how we live. Yeah. That's what I want. So that was my moment right there, just being able to buy my mom and dad a house, brothers and sisters, and then, you know, take my dad to the dealership. I just got that black on black six, what you want? Mm -hmm. Same thing you want. So that was my, my get back to the NBA moment. I already knew I was gonna do well. Right. Gotta do well. But I didn't know that I was as close to the greats that early. Mm. Like I said, I was terrified of Ewing and Robinson, but if I'm right there on your shot, yeah, all I gotta do is make yeah, all I gotta do is make some adjustments before I get mm. it. And then if I'm bumping you back and you, ugh, yeah, ugh, I got you. And I'm close to the rim like that. And all I got to do is turn my wrist and throw it down, you, so. Mercy. But, you know, it took me a while to, to, to get there. But look, it, it, it was fun. It was something that we always wanted to do, get there. Now that I'm, I'm there, I got to represent my family and I got to represent myself. Excellent. And I got to look for challenges that's going to make me great. Mm -hmm. You were able to improve <clears throat> Orlando by 20 games your first year. And, the, and one of the reasons why I look at you so high as far as all-time players and then all-time big men is because you played in a real era where there was a bunch of big men, you know what I mean? And that's all due respect to Bill and, 
and to, to Wilt, but there wasn't very many consi- night in, night out, you faced a dominant big man. Who were some of the ones that really gave you problems early on? The ones that I didn't respect enough always tore me up. Mm. Big Country always killed me. Big really? Country. Rick Smith's always killed me. Duckworth always killed me. Mm, Bill peace. Winnington always killed me. Who's the guy that played with y'all the Spurs? For Purdue? Will Purdue? No, it wasn't Purdue. No, Who was it? It was, I just, we just Jackson had. Jackson smoked too much weed to remember nah, that. Nah, we he just felt, had Tim Duncan, Malik Rose, and David Oh, yeah, Malik, I used to hate Malik Rose. He was, he was a nuisance. But there's just like, so which, which also told me you got to respect your opponent. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm better, but look, we all come out here to play a game, all so. Play. You know, when it comes time to the playoff situ- situation, I would turn the switch on, but like during the regular season, especially like if you're in certain cities, l- listen. Dallas, I wasn't going to do nothing. Turn up. Toronto, I wasn't going to do nothing. Turn up. Miami, I wasn't going to do nothing. Turn up, turn and up. And New York, I wasn't going to do nothing. Two times. <laughs> you already knew. In the first quarter, anyway. Right. Right. And I can remember me posting up in the game and Kobe like, nope, you ain't ready. Even Well, I'll be like this. Swing the it. Well, I'll be able to post like this. Head. Yeah. Like, no. The funny though, The funniest though was Big Shot Bob. Big Shot Bob be like, yo, man, what the hell are you doing for the game? I wasn't doing nothing, dog. <laughs> Big Shot Bob. I wasn't doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Breaking backboards. Ness and Sons breaking the, breaking the backboards. Like, talk about that. Just being. It was all being mad at my dad for yeah, punching me in the it, face man. that one day. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, motherfuckers were breaking. A broken backboard had happened before, but you were bringing down the whole stanchion. stanchion. Yeah. Be- because I knew if, you, if I dunked hard, I got your attention. That scared me watching. I was little. That shit used to scare me. Like, I, I, I got your attention. Especially if you're really big and strong and I go through you and throw mm, it down, now yeah. I got your attention. Mm, yeah. Now it's going to be easier for me the rest of my career. Mm. So I just wanted to like really, really get your attention. And I know it was going to show it on ESPN. And no other big guy was doing that. Right. Right? Yeah. Like I, I had to take pride in, in being different. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was trying to do was get these commercial endorsements. There wasn't no big guys doing that. Right, right. And I took a college course at LSU in marketing, and the guy was like, hey, present us something that you can see in the future. So I came with the Shaq shoes. Same thing I'm doing now. Shaq mm-hmm. shoes, Shaq underwear, Shaq T-shirts. And the guy says, big guys don't sell, Mr. Mm-hmm. O'Neill. I was like, he's right. Because the only guys that were doing commercials there was Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and maybe mm-hmm. Mike. Mike. So I was like, you know, I got to do something different. So I, I, was, I was doing whatever it takes to get on that da-da-da, da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And then once they see me there, then I would just, you know, show my, you know, show my personality. You've always been big on the business of basketball, probably the biggest to ever do it, to be honest with you. But what was that first experience like with Blue Chips? Uh, as an actor, the pickup games, the scrimmages, you found someone you thought was an actor who ended up being Penny Hardaway. What was all that like? That was about taking advantage of opportunities. We don't, we don't get those opportunities. Right. I, and I, never, look, I never wanted to be an actor. I never wanted to be a rapper. But I'm sitting in the Four Seasons Hotel, and a guy says, hey, man, I'm a Hollywood producer. Here's my card. Doing a movie called Blue Chips. Think you should do it. Man, I'm not a good, I don't, I've never acted in my life. What you got to do is play basketball, play yourself. Nah, we're going to give you three million. Mm. How much? <laughs> he said, what? And I'll do it. So just playing, you know, and that's how I met Penny. You know, everything happens for a reason. And same thing with the rap thing. When I first get drafted, 
I'll send you all halls bucking me. Yo, man, we want you to be on the show. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to go get no $1,500 suit, talk to that. I said, let me do that, and then let me rap at the end. So I did something with Fush Nickens. Mm. My agent called me and said, man, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He said, Jive will offer you a three-album deal, $10 million. Mm. I'm taking that. Why not? Yeah, but then, I, but, but then I meet with Jive. I said, look, nobody wants to hear me rap by myself. Let me rap with all my favorite mm. people. So as a kid that was on punishment, it's like a dream come true. Yeah. Look, I done did Snoop, Peter Guns, Lord Tariq, Nas, Jay-Z, Fat Joe, like I don't, yeah, Michael Jackson. Big? Yes. Mm. You can't stop the rain. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. the hardest one. That's, right. that's, right. that's, right. that, that, that's what it was about for. It ain't about being like, cause you know, rappers don't rappers don't make no money. You gotta you gotta be sure. Travis Scott sure. Sure. to make money. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, so, yeah, like cause I went platinum and I got a check for a million dollars. I was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. But you know, I had the commitment. So the only you athlete know. to ever go platinum. Huh? I'm the only one. It was fun. So, you know, we don't get a lot of opportunities. I was always taught to take advantage of my opportunities. So every time I get an opportunity, I'm always taking uh -huh. advantage of it. Uh -huh. Period. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 95 finals run. Guys, shut the Boston Garden down. Beat the Bulls. Pacer battle. And then you run into Akeem and them in the finals. That was... My fault we lost. Why you say that? Because as a leader, I didn't lead. Mm. After we beat the Bulls, I let up. So you put on we the gas. We beat Mike. 
Oh. We straight. We done played Houston before. I think it was one and one or, you know. Even they, series. You know, yeah. Even series. The king gonna get 30. I'm gonna get 27. Right? And off the record, we had eight days off. Mm. Me and D. Scott was doing stuff we weren't supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had, they had like a little parade and all that. We was just celebrating. Right. So it taught me never celebrate too early. Mm-hmm. And then when we get in the game, we hang out with them. And then it just, you know, Nick's, and you know, can't blame it on Nick. My fault, because I didn't get the guys ready, but Nick misses the free throws. Mm-hmm. We go down 0-1. Second game, we go down 0-2. We go to Houston. We know we don't have a shot, so we get swept. But it just taught me never to celebrate too early. And it also put that hunger in me. And I said, okay, if I ever get back to the finals ever again, mm-hmm. I got to dominate. 40s. Forget that 28 10 I'll be talking about. I got to be in the 40s. Mm. That's why when we made it to the finals, I was trying to put up big numbers because yeah. if we don't win, it's going to be my fault. And as a leader, I accept that. I want that. I want you to say, Shaq ain't shit. That's why they lost. It's mm-hmm. his fault. I accept all those challenges because that's how it was for me as a youngster growing up with a drill sergeant father. Right. If you walk in your brother and sister to school, and your brother come back with his shirt messed up because he got jumped, that's yeah, your yeah. fault. Yeah. And I'm whooping your ass. No so. question. That's how I'm supposed to go. Right? No question. So it just taught me never to celebrate too early. Mm. Obviously a cool run, but don't get what you set out to do, which was win a championship Orlando. You make a jump to L.A. How did that move not only benefit basketball-wise, but change your life off the court as well? It was the $100 million talk. Mm. And... I made 40 the first time, and I said to myself, I'm going to go on off and tell them I want 150, just to see. So they had it in their mind that no guys were worth 100 million. And I was actually getting ready to sign. We were here during the Olympics. I was getting ready to sign 80 for four. Mm. From Orlando? Orlando. Yeah, I was getting ready to sign to Orlando. But my agent told me, hold up, give me one more day. So me and Money Mark, we in Magic City. Money Mark. And my agent called me and said, hey man, come to the Omni Hotel, I got something for you. So we get to the Omni Hotel, Jerry West is in a Versace house coat. <laughs> come on up, big fella. Come on in, big and fella. And I come, how you doing, Mr. West? He said, I got some good news, I got some bad news. I said, what's the bad news? He said, I can't get you that 150 that you asked for, but I can get you 120. Ooh. And then I told my agent, I said, did you give Orlando a chance to count? They don't want to count. Cool. So I'm signing. Nobody knew. Family didn't know. Penny ain't know. Next day in practice, it broke. I was comfortable with L.A. because after we lost, I was already in L.A. Right. And then it was a chance for me to really set do up other job. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do other stuff. And they had a nice team. Mm-hmm. Van Exel was cold. Mm-hmm. They had Eddie Jones. They Jones, had Elton. Elton so that day, they yep. probably was going to take some work, but they had a nice team. But I can remember this vividly. I'm signing, as soon as I get signed, Mr. West said, hey man, I just moved Vladi. I don't know how I got this kid. I got a kid named Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. You and him, mm-hmm. we, we gonna get multiple championships. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Cause I'm looking at all the way down zeros. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, he, he said that. Like he saw something in Kobe that nobody saw. And then in the, in, in, in the, in the interview, Kobe reminded me that he came to Orlando to see Penny, 
And Penny kind of blew him off, but he had this sad look on his face. And I grabbed him, was like, come on, man, take a picture. I never knew that was him. Oh, really? Yeah, I never knew that was him until he told me, you know, when we did that TNT mm -hmm. Laker thing, he said, like, you don't remember meeting me? He never told me that. Like, you know, through all the years that we played in there, he never told me uh, that. He told us the Penny yeah. story. Yeah. I didn't know that you, yeah. that's yeah. dope. Uh -huh. How did you and Cole connect when y'all robbed at the same time? He was a guy that wanted it right away. And we all understand pecking order. Mm -hmm. My team, that ain't about to happen. Right. But I saw that he had something in him. And he wanted it right away. A lot of guys don't have that when they come in. A lot of guys just like to go through the rope, but he wanted it. 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 So it's rookie year. We, we let him do what he do, make his mistakes. But the defining moment in, in his greatness was we were playing Utah. Nobody yes. wanted to take the last shots. I'm not taking the last shot, shooting 40% from the free throw line. Y'all ain't going to be talking about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shaq lost the game. So he takes three shots to air balls. If you can remember, and I hope you can show this clip, I was the one that grabbed him and said, yeah, hey, right. man, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. One day people are going to fear you. And the next year he come in, we come in a little more. He wanted it, he wanted it, he wanted it, he wanted it, he wanted it. And... This is where I wish I was a little bit more tactful. Egos get in the way. Mm -hmm. That word, my team, will mess you up. Yeah. Right? Especially from big guy giving up to a little guy. I don't play that shit. Mm -hmm. So it, it, instead of, but fortunately it still worked out. We still won three out of four, but a lot of necessary stuff that shouldn't have happened happened because of the ego. And it was mm -hmm. probably my fault, but one thing I never do is I never disrespect nobody. Right. I ain't got to like you. I ain't got to do what you do. But if you open in the corner, Matt, even if we had a fight the other day, mm -hmm. I know you're going to knock that down for mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm kicking it. it. So, you know, even though we didn't hang out or do anything of that, I'm always looking for him first. And he's always looking for me when he go into the hole to get double to and he dropping it off. So I, I think that help us. And I always tell people that in relationships, you know, when you focus on the tasks, sometimes the relationship dwindles, but you always got to have respect. Mm -hmm. You always got to have respect. I'm anxious to, to, to know how those how those Spurs teams were. Mm. Did, did you guys ever fight? No. Yeah. See, the, I, only, I never... the only person that got in the fight was me and Pop. Every time he took me out the game when I didn't want to come out. <laughs> no, but I mean like Tim and, and no, Ginova. Nothing, yeah, never. See, that, it was that, never none of that. That's that's probably the first time I'm, I'm I'm hearing of a dynasty that never had no problems. No problems. All the other dynasties had problems. Mm -hmm. They all had problems. Because, you know, you get egos involved. But I knew that he had it. And I remember him at 18 years old telling me he's going to be the Will Smith of the NBA. I was like, slow down, young fella. But he had a dream. He had a vision. He got jiggy with it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he had a dream. He had a vision. And... Look, he went for it. Being 49-year-old Shaq, looking back on those Laker days, you said you won three out of four. He said you probably caused with some of the ego. If, if you had the wisdom you have now back then, how many championships you feel like you guys could have won? Seven. Seven? Because the reason why I got traded, it wasn't about me and Kobe beef. It was what they wanted me to take less money. Mm -hmm. Not doing that. Mm -hmm. Kobe said at least 10 we asked him. He said at least 10. Yeah, seven to 10. If it wasn't for the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's true. No, that's true. But I, I got money. I had money. Right. Mm -hmm. I just should have been like, all right. 
I raise you enough. It's your team now. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to do. I'm still going to do my 28-10. Mm-hmm. All right. But I was like, nah, I want, I want 150. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you, like, if I had all over to do again, I probably would have had a meeting with the family. What y'all want to do? Mm-hmm. Want me to take less money, take a less role, stay here, or you would still want me to be Shaq? See, it's that ego. Mm-hmm. And the ego still got me what I want. I still went to Miami, Pat took care of me, I still mm-hmm. won one, but I would have liked to have stayed there the rest of my career. Imagine that. So three championships, three finals MVP. You spoke to, if you ever got to the finals, you was going to dominate. You did that off to South Beach. What's that experience like with a young D-Wade? So when I got to D-Wade, I was like, I know you heard all the stories. It's your team. What I should have did in L.A. Mm. Now that I'm thinking about it. So we ain't gonna have any problem. You the man, you the CEO, I'll be the consultant. Mm. But imagine that as a, a young yeah. D-Wade hearing this motherfucker that, say, I'm no, on I your told team, him. but it's your team. Because crazy, I didn't even... It's not that I don't pay attention to guys, I just don't care. I got my own yeah. thing going on. I didn't even know who he was. So while we in the playoffs, I'm watching him go at Baron Davis. I'm like... Mm. Who is this? Young motherfucker. Yeah. Right, so then when the Lakers talk about playing me, I say, I know where I want to go. Mm. I want to go back to Florida. Oh, they gave me that play. chance? They gave you that opportunity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I want to go play with him. So as soon as we got there the first day, I said, look, man, you heard this, you heard that. Me and you ain't going to have no problem. You the man. Take as many shots as you want. Mm-hmm. I need to get 28-10 so. mm-hmm. to make everybody feel good, make myself feel good. So, but just, and we never had problems. Mm-hmm. So... How you talk about the Spurs never had problems? We never had an altercation. Yeah. Only time we had an altercation was when I had to check everybody during the finals that year. Was everybody going waiting. into the finals? Or you were already no, in the finals. No. Versus Dallas when we went down 0-2. Yeah. Uh-huh. And everybody waiting. Like yo man, what you waiting for? Right. I got three dudes on me when I kick Antoine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Posey. Yeah. Flat. Like so then we you know, and the respect thing. We were able to go in the meeting and go at each other. Still and it just turned around. Flat yeah, did, did. I got four people on me, though. Everybody yeah. focused on me. We're going to use that. Got to. The ultimate, when they come, I'm going to do something with it. I get the rebound. Mm-hmm. This series ain't about just throwing to me, doing all that. I ain't doing nothing right now. I'm old. I ain't doing shit right now. But, <laughs> you know, uh, Avery Johnson still worried about me. We're going to use that. Right. When I kick it back out, go to work. So, you know, we had one little fight, one little argument, and we was able, you know, to best win that. Best decoy in the history. Yeah, mm-hmm. best decoy. And then again, ego kicked in. Me and Pat got into it, and that's how I ended up in Phoenix and shit. So. <laughs> so you get a championship there, you end up in Phoenix. One thing I liked about you were obviously there was no question once you were on the court, you were the most dominant motherfucker, but me and UD were talking, we just had UD two weeks ago, mm-hmm. you had a way of keeping the locker room energy light. And I think that's so important because you can't always be motherfucking, eh, like sometimes you have to laugh and joke Big around. King. And you were the king at that. And where, where did that come from? It's just, you know, being, being a leader all those years, you got to keep people together. One thing I like about him, if you do something in front of him, he ain't going to say nothing. So one day we in the locker room, Gore, what's his name, Goran Dragic? Mm-hmm. Goran Dragic, keep talking. Now, yo, man, shut up. He just keep talking. The young one. So I get behind him, put him in one of them UFC things. Yeah. <laughs> he falls to the ground. It's me. It's me and Matt in there. Matt take his Gatorade, walk out. They ask what happened, Matt. Said, I ain't see nothing. That's <laughs> it, bro. What you mean? Long enough. He didn't look good. He was going to sleep, dog. I told him, I said, hey, man, we got a game. Stop talking. Oh, you're not going to do nothing, you old. I said, all right. Quick, too. I was like this. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve came in like, what happened, man? Like, I don't know what happened. But, uh, ever, but ever since then, I, I even had, had his respect. But it was always my job as a leader to keep everybody loose. You know? Kobe spoke to that, too, because yeah. he said he learned how to, you did that and put it in his own way, because he didn't understand that when he played with you. Because, you know, you got to keep everybody loose. Like, you guys are shooters, and shooters go in the slumps. <clears throat> But I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't come down on y'all when y'all shoot. So I gotta, mm -hmm. I gotta make you laugh. Yeah. I gotta come to your house. I mm -hmm. gotta ask you how your mama doing. I gotta come to your kids' party. Like we just gotta do all that. Uh, to, Shaq used to come you know, to the crib with the whole fam, the twins or babies. He'd be wrestling the twins when they were just crawling on them. You know what I mean? Little tiny things. One thing, like I said, I don't. I want to ask you about this, and we can go into it if you want to talk about it. The, the little back and forth war between you and Lou Amundsen. Remember what you did before yes. shoot around them one day? <laughs> what well, uh, you put say something it. in your tights? No, go ahead, say it. <laughs> this nigga put. So him and Lou Robinson are going back and forth. This motherfucker put Lou's mouthpiece in his tights for shoot-around. <laughs> <laughs> Went through the whole shoot-around. He only told me and maybe one or two other people about it. Because I know he ain't going to say yeah, that. I didn't say nothing. I know so he ain't then, so that. this motherfucker puts Lou's mouthpiece in his tights, goes through shoot-around with it, and put, quietly puts it back up in his thing. But by the time the game comes around, some, you must have told people, because more people knew about it, so Lou puts his motherfucking mouthpiece in after coach talks, so we're about to huddle, and we just lose oh. it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he, because... He did some shit to you, though. Because he broke he up my good. van one day. I had, a, I had a big ass van. And as soon as I opened the door, all them little white peanuts, I was like, oh, so okay. Man, we tried to yeah. hold him down, too, and cut <laughs> yeah. his hair. You yeah. This motherfucker put hit this dude's bicycle. Somehow he got his bicycle up on the stoplight. Like, <laughs> the top of the stoplight, his bike. Because he used to ride a bike. I know some people. <laughs> right. Oh, man. <clears throat> you got a chance, obviously, to play. You being as great as you were, you got a chance to play with Kobe. You got a chance to play with D-Wade, Nash, LeBron, Paul Pierce, KG. What was that experience like? Obviously, you being great, but then, you know, playing with those guys, some of, the, some of them in your prime, and then later on in your career. I realized early that you could never do it by yourself, no mm. matter how good you are. Mm. I realized from also watching other greats, there's two or three greats on the court at the same time. My favorite team growing up was the Lakers. Mm. Kareem, Magic, Worthy, Coop, doing what he do. So I always knew I needed somebody else of, of that caliber. So whenever I got traded, I wanted to go somewhere where one, I could win, and one, I could help somebody else win. I wish I would have got to you in Phoenix two years earlier. Because mm. at that time, and ages, ages of months. Undefeated. Like, I just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. Like, mentally I had it, but... You remember it's just, and like if Nelly and them wasn't doing that treatment, I probably would have went out mm -hmm. you know, two years earlier. But listen, my process, our process was fun. I had a great time doing it. I could say I did it my way. Mm -hmm. I could say guy from New Jersey, from Germany, from Texas, put his name on the map. Guy represents the culture, the hood. And I want all little kids, especially the big kids, to look at me and see how I did it, and cheat off my tests. Dope. Look at Rudy Gobert, see how he did it, and mm -hmm. cheat, cheat off his tests. I tell my son all the time, yo, man, 200. Mm, right there. 200, that's, that's right standard. there. That, that, that's your money. And you standing in the corner, talking about your guy not gonna pass, go get it. Mm -hmm. 200, man, bro, I wish I was 17 right now. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I wish I was 17. Y'all wouldn't see me on no social media, no. I'd just pop out of nowhere, and be like, man, who's this kid? Man, who this kid from Atlanta, 7-1, I just be working. As players, like you spoke on earlier, when you hear certain people talk about you, it's that, oh, shit, okay, TNT, 
the, the, the post-game crew is that for us as players. What was it like being able to transition into that and, and being a, a focal point with that team? It came a year too early. Because when I left you, I had a two-year deal in Boston. Mm -hmm. I wanted the Shaq tour. Mm. I wanted it. Mm -hmm. But the Achilles, Achilles yeah. came out. I wasn't going to even try and come back. I was just going to take a year off travel. And then they come to the house and say, hey, man, we want to hire you. And I'm like, all right. So I'm trying to be like Brian Gumbel. I'm terrible. <laughs> Awful. And then, you know, Charles going to take up the whole segment by yeah. talking. I only get a few it's seconds. Terrible. Right? So then the guy... Remember pulled, that shit used to piss you off, yeah, though? Yeah, it did. That shit used to Because yeah. he used to say it so on the air, like, damn, motherfucker, you talking too much. <laughs> so then the guy came in and said, said, man, we ain't bring you in for that. He wants you to be Shaq. Yeah, right. I said, okay. So once I start doing that, it's better. And, you know, the good thing about that show is they allow us to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think from a basketball standpoint, we have a lot of experience. You know, the fans know that, you know, you got two Hall of Famers up there and you got a guy that was a part of a championship team and you got Ernie. So I think our respectability is up mm -hmm. there. But I like watching all the shows. I like watching all the shows when it's us talking. Right. Yeah. When there's some other people talking, if I can ask you how you know, then you're not credible. Right. Right? right? Think about it. Oh, right. he's, Steven should have did this and how you know? You're a shooter? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, being that it's us talking, you, him, Paul, and all that, that it's us talking, I can respect the fact, because I know that y'all know. Y'all know that we know, so. Mm -hmm. Real quick, before we get to, to, to the quick hitters and get you out of here, you've always been about the business of basketball from day one, and now, obviously, it's more commonly talked about, and it's something to strive for, but when people weren't talking about it, that was always your mindset. I mean, you're on every motherfucking commercial. You are a part of hundreds of companies. Where'd that mindset come from? I'm not going to use the word beat up. I'm going to use discipline. Whenever an athlete did something crazy, I would get discipline. Mm -hmm. Athlete lose all lose 60 million, I get discipline. Mm -hmm. Touched up by the Sarge. Mm -hmm. My worst ass whooping was Lynn Bias. I didn't even know who Lynn Bias was. My father came in, face full of tears. If you ever do coke, I'm gonna kill you. Mm. So my, my dumb ass was like, bro, I don't mess with coke, I mess with mm. Pepsi. <laughs> no, that's what I said. Mother, motherfucker, I ain't talking about that. So then he made me sit down and watch it. Right. That's why I never did drugs. Right. That's why I don't do none of that. <laughs> I don't do nothing. No, I said, like, he came in, he was just. Right. And then I watched the story, I'm like, damn, my man could have been the first pick. So mm -hmm. whenever somebody made a mistake, he'd bring me in, he'd teach me. So I never wanted to be broke. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what you did for me? That time I got, I had court? Nope. I'm sitting in court. I'm, I'm actually standing up, the, the judge walk in, and uh, as soon as you get ready to sit down, I was like, Judge, hold on, hold on, Mr. Jackson, before we even start, I got somebody want to talk to you. And they FaceTime you, remember? And all, all my charges got dropped. I said, this motherfucker's everywhere, dog. This mother, just turn around and FaceTime me. And, big fella. And drop my charge, I said, man, this motherfucker's everywhere. I had, but you didn't tell me. I, had, I was with Max. You know what I'm saying? You did not tell me. And I was like, man, this dude is everywhere. Cool. <laughs> you know what? You have to. Plug. You gotta take care of people. Mm -hmm. You always took care of me. And, and y'all know, I, I messes with y'all. Mm -hmm. I mess with a lot of people, but mm -hmm. this dude did some things for me. Yeah. I, he, trust me, he did some things for me. Mm -hmm. Shit could have went all the way left. Mm -hmm. But because he a stand-up guy and he don't see nothing. Mm -hmm. That's how I go. That's how I go, so. I'm always had love for you. I'm always had love for you, being from Texas. I remember one time when I came to your hood, you know, your whole hood showed me love. Mm -hmm. So they appreciated that. You know, when I saw you was going through that minor stuff, I, you know, I'm in that, I'm that in circle. that world. Uh, that G14 world. Yes, I'm in that world. Mm -hmm.
Last quick hitter. First thing to come to mind. Uh, your top five rappers. See, I hate doing this because I know all the rappers. I don't want them to get. They'll be all right. Uh, I don't. I don't want nobody to get upset. Biggie. Okay. okay can, since we're all basketball players, can I do an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Eastern Conference. Yeah. Biggie. Jay Z. Mm -hmm. Nas. Mm. Red Man. Ooh, I like that. And I'm gonna have to get somebody down south. Jeezy. Okay. Okay. On the West Coast, mm -hmm. E40, mm -hmm. Snoop, yep. Ice Cube, yep. Dre, and Pac. Oh shit, we listened to growing up, especially Ooh. in Texas. That's all we listened to. That's nice. I like the East Coast. Top five. Yeah. Conference, East, Western Conference. The East Coast was cool though. I like that. Uh, top five current players. Current. I hate doing this because they're all guards too. Mm -hmm. It's all right. All right. Steph. Mm-hmm. Dame. Dollar. Then you KD, and Dollar do a song. LeBron. I'm going to go with Joel. Like that. Thanks for the team. You know he's going to let it Yeah. Yeah. Uh, top five dynasties. I'm sure you were part Lakers, of Lakers, Boston, Spurs, Golden State. Mm. And then the last one, Miami had a Miami had a, yeah. Miami had a, No, Bulls. I'm tripping. Bulls. Bulls. Damn. Bulls. I thought you already said Bulls. that. Bulls. Mm -hmm. How would you rank your top five nicknames? Big Aristotle, number five. Mm -hmm. Will Chamberlain, number four. <laughs> Say it again. Will Chamberlain. <laughs> Will Chamberlain. He know what that is. <laughs> Will Chamberlain. Yeah, Will Chamberlain. <laughs> I, I forgot ah. it. Uh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, Big would be three. Big Cactus would be two. Big Cactus. Yeah, and number one would be Godzilla Gorilla. <laughs> so y'all know about that one. Godzilla Gorilla. If you can uh, relive one moment from your career, what moment would that be and why? It'll be making it to the Final Four and winning a college championship. Ooh, okay. I've won on every level except college. How far do you guys go in the tournament? 16? The Sour 32. Oh. Five dinner guests, dead or alive. You plus five people. I always used to see Tupac, and we always used to give each other the nod. Mm -hmm. He'd be in it. Biggie would be in it. Jigga's doing big things. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd like to mm -hmm. chop it up with him. That's three. Four would be the guy who taught me about business. His name was Roger Enrico. He was the CEO of Pepsi. And five would be my sister. Mm. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Who would you like to see on All the Smoke? And your answer is you have to help us get this person on the show. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV because mm -hmm. I'm a Netflix guy. So yep. I don't know who you got. I would like to. Y'all have Snoop on it yet? Mm -hmm. Of course. Damn it. And that was one of our best. Uh, the nice long, one of our longest. We haven't had Cube yet. We got Cube coming up. Dre? Mm. No, I haven't Dre. had that Dre. Buster Rhymes. Ooh, haven't dope. had him either. All them dope. Yeah, so one of those. All right. Yeah. And if you ever do Thank another you. song. In fact, Joe, we need to have him on. So if you have another, do another song, count me in. Let's do it. We overdue. I'm and in. You need to meet me uh, all the smoke to TNT one night. Have us come out there. Yeah, yeah I can do that. We're with that. Done. All the smoke collab. Done. Man, Thanks that's a wrap. Coming, big bro. We appreciate, appreciate you, big fella. Appreciate y'all. That's a yeah. wrap. Shaquille O'Neal. You can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube. Shout out to the Kar Kardashians. Chloe <laughs> <laughs> over there. Catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. Appreciate you, big fella. This is All A Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.